Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. What's up, everybody? Uh, welcome to the Lazy Geeks Podcast. Oh, yeah. Podcast number 92. Oh. Can you believe that shit? 92. Oh. Yeah. Uh, um, 92. Because, you know, we got swag. <laughs> That's right. That's what we're going to name the podcast, the swag edition. <laughs> there you go. <sighs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> the swag edition. Fucking kids. <laughs> I, see. I don't remember teenagers being this annoying when I was one. <laughs> but I think that's what all old people say. Yeah. We're, that's one step away from, get off my lawn! <laughs> that's right. And I will be that person. Now fuck off my lawn! <laughs> I will shoot you! <laughs> I don't give a fuck! No warning shot, bitch! <laughs> It's going to be headshots every day. I don't fucking care. Yeah, then I'll pop out once you shoot it. It'll be headshot. That's right. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Get the fuck off my lawn. Oh, uh, is, the video's old, but I, uh, one of my, uh, one of my uh, ex-coworkers from my uh, Christmas job showed me the video of, uh, I think it was College Humor, the one where Batman finds his voice. Oh yeah, that shit it was so fucking funny. I yeah, that's funny. Tell me where, tell me where he's, he's doing all the voices. Al Pacino, really? <laughs> <laughs> let me get a let me get a cool drink out of my mini fridge real quick. Yeah, your mini fridge. Yeah, man. Uh, well, hey, before we get started on everything, um, I just uh, want to say that I'm sure some of you guys have noticed that we're now calling our podcast entity the uh, Lazy Geeks Network. Uh, yep. We have uh, – you heard us mention this for quite some time now. Now we've officially launched the network. So the idea behind the network is to make it a hub of various podcasts you know, uh, regarding anything geek. So, of course, the foundation of the network is going to be the Lazy Geeks podcast. And, Hi. Uh, 
Yeah, that's us and uh, Crash Test Movie Dummies. Uh, however, in the interim, we'll have, you know, like one-shot podcasts about various things like comics, tech, and video games. We may even do a solo show strictly about Comic-Con or E3 outside of our regular shows. So this is basically going to be our one-stop shop for all things geek. So we hope you check us out and subscribe to the RSS feed or subscribe on iTunes. And if you already subscribe, no need to do anything. You're already set. You're already part of the 1% that's, awesome, that's epically awesome. You're part of the 1%. <laughs> you motherfuckers. <laughs> <coughs> oh, man. What did you, did you have something about? Oh, yeah. Didn't I have something to talk about? I did. Yeah. So I started – I don't know if I talked about this. I started playing World of Warcraft again, which is a <laughs> statement that I say frequently because I always stop and then start and you, stop and you start. You get bored. You get bored. Yeah. Then you, so – I started getting bored again, and it, it was to the point where I'm like, okay, I love I love MMOs, but I don't – when I p- play WoW, I'm paying for it, so I feel like I have to play it a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm paying for it. I pay monthly fee to pay it, play it. Right. Um, I don't want to play it a lot because I got other games, right? Yeah. I got fucking Assassin's Creed coming on that game fly, baby. You know, I'm going to play that shit. So I was like, fuck, but I want to play an MMO. So I went back to uh, Lord of the Rings Online. Mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings Online has a lot of improvements. Like they've changed a lot of things. Really cool. So that's cool. I've always loved the game, whatever. Um, but the cool thing is, being that it's free to play, I can just play it sporadically and feel okay about it. Right. So that's really it. Just just playing Lord of the Rings online. You know, that's it. just just living the life, just living the dream. <laughs> that's the one problem that I always had with pain. That's one of the things I think why I've never got into like playing MMOs because how much do you have to play to justify paying for it? But see, even nowadays though, like there's no point in in playing a subscription based MMO. There's two subscription based MMOs. That I could even think of playing. One is World of Warcraft. The other one is um, Eve Online. Yeah. It's the only two, and the only subscription-based um, subscription-based uh, MMO that's doing like growing a lot is Eve Online. But Eve Online is a whole different thing. Right. You know what I mean? But there's so many good free-to-plays now. Lord of the Rings is has to be my favorite free-to-play MMO. It's it's amazing. Um, Terra just went free-to-play. Friggin' The Secret Worlds went free to play recently. That Star Wars The Old Republic, although they're kind of fucking that up, but it it went free to play. Star Trek went free to play. And it's like, why why even pay a monthly fee? Yeah. Like like with Lord of the Rings, I can play all the way I think to level twenty for free. Yeah. And then you buy the cool thing is you just buy the quest pack once, and it goes for every character you ever make. So you oh, buy the quest cool. pack for an for a zone. Right. And they're like 10 bucks. You know what I mean? And that's like the whole zone. And then you can do whatever you want. Um, love the game. I wouldn't mind seeing your ass in that motherfucking game. <laughs> if you can try an MMO, you might as well try the free one. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, so. Yeah, it's just that I'm so backlogged on my regular video games. That's the truth. Yeah, because I, I mean, I just started really getting into um, Assassin's Creed 3 over the last few days. Uh, and uh, it, it's just like. Ugh, it's it's weird too. I got because, that coming on GameFly. Well, what the the thing is for me is because I've always played that series on PS3, but for Christmas I got it on the Xbox, which was cool because I kind of wanted to 
you know, I'm slowly starting to wing towards the Xbox controller. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's just weird trying to get used to the the configuration. I mean, it's not that much different. It's not that much different, but it's different enough. I used to tell fucking Steve all the time. I'm like, you know, the Xbox controller is better than the play. I search your heart, and you know it to be true. Okay, <laughs> the Xbox controller is a better controller, hands down. Especially if you have big hands, because every time I play the PlayStation, since the analog sticks are right next to each other, my thumbs hit each other yeah. when I'm playing. Well, I mean, it makes sense too, because you know, with my big dick. Yes, <laughs> <I guess>. right. Because <laughs> <laughs> we got swag. That's right. <laughs> uh, oh, but uh, this week I bought a new Blu-ray player. Uh, yeah, you bought that Sony bit, huh? Yeah. Well, see, the the thing was is that we had. Well, you remember my old Blu-ray player. And uh, the thing was, it started to have a mind of its own. Like, when you hit open to take out the disc, it'll close on you. I uh, fucking hate that shit. <laughs> it pisses me the fuck off. What the fuck? I used to have a um a PS2 that used to do that shit. <laughs> to piss me off. And, uh, like... Made by Sony as well. Yeah. And, uh, but the, uh, this was a Samsung one, but, like, it was... It's, like, three or four years old. So when you like you had Netflix capability, but it was all wired. Like I had to be hardline to it. Right. And uh, in the only way it would bring up um, anything on Netflix is if you had it in your streaming queue. So it didn't have the interface like with the PS3 or the Xbox or anything like that. So I am, um, and the whole reason I got I switched was because I because I moved my PS3 and my Xbox to the living room, but in my room I had nothing to watch anything or even stream. So I go, you know, and I was looking, I'm like, oh, you know, this this stuff's pretty cheap now. So I ended up uh, going to a couple places, but I ended up getting one for 89 bucks at Best Buy, which was wireless enabled. Ooh. So that, well, I was like, going, oh, Stinger, that was the one that worked. <laughs> but uh, but it's cool, too, because there's like a ton of apps, Crackle, YouTube, Netflix, um, Amazon, Pandora, Slacker. You can even take your Facebook page on there. See, like, what's the point, though? What's the point of these smart TVs and the Blu-ray plays? That you got, if you have an Xbox or a PS3... You can do all that anyway. Now you have multiple devices to do the same shit. Yeah. But the kind of... the Yeah, like, it, it's kind of funny, yeah, because, like, I have Xbox Live, and then I have the PlayStation Network all on the same one, and I'm like, well, which one do I <laughs> use? I tell, people, I tell people at work, they're like, oh, I want to get a Blu-ray player, you know, whatever, and I'm like, just get a, P- just get a PS3. Yeah. Just do it. 3D capable, f- full Blu-ray capability. You can get a remote for it, you know, normal remote. And then if you want to get a little fucking casual game or something, boom, you're already set up with that shit too. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and I mean, it, the the only thing that I that I don't like about this one is, unlike the PS3, it does have a long loading time for the main screen and the um, apps. Uh, so that's, that's because it's got the it's got a lower end processor. In it. Yeah, and and but my chief complaint about it is that you have to go online to authorize each app through Sony, and sometimes you have to go through just to do the app provider itself, like Amazon. Fuck that. Uh, so it it sucks because like when I went to do Netflix, it's like I had to authorize it through Sony's website to authorize Netflix to do it, and then I had to do the same thing with Pandora. And then I had to do the same thing with Amazon, but then I had to go to the Amazon site to get the code to allow me to do it. It was like, fuck, man. I mean, it, once you go through – That's a pain in the ass. It is. It's like, once you go through that crap, though, it works beautifully. If you hate setting shit up, you will be annoyed by this. <laughs> right. But, you know, and it's just like going – I didn't have to do that much just to do it through the PlayStation 3. You know? 
<laughs> it's like fuck me, man. So, uh, side note, mm-hmm. I, I, I was um, checking something on GameFly.com real quick. You know, GameFly rents uh, GameCube games still. Really? Yeah. Do you know I have a GameCube? <laughs> you? I do. I have one in um, it's in my desk right now. Oh wow! I still have my I GameCube. Just, I don't have a fucking memory card. <laughs> Gonna buy one, but like I'm like, oh shit, I can because I missed some of the Zelda titles on there. That's kind of dope. Yeah. I mean, it's a good system. The controller fits like a fucking Fisher Price toy, but yeah, I, it's funny too because I still have my GameCube, but the Wii that we had, um, that my brother got, still backwards compatible at this time, at the time that we got it. So yeah, so it's like whatever. Yeah, so but, you have a bunch of you know what system I want? I want a Dreamcast on my fucking unit, dude. <laughs> yeah, I still got my N64. <laughs> I want to go on my web browser on my uh, Dreamcast <laughs> with the 28K. <laughs> Look up Facebook. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I don't even think it works anymore. Yeah, I doubt that. Oh man. Oh, but did you uh, did you get that uh, app Android app for Facebook pages? What the fuck are you talking about? The, the, um, Facebook released an app that allows people that have Facebook fan pages or anything like that. That mm-hmm. an, an, oh, like us? <laughs> yeah, us. An app strictly for that. Like they couldn't incorporate it into the main app. No, 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 no. That would. Oh no, not at all. Yeah, that would be too difficult, you know. But that um, is kind of cool, though. It, yeah, and the cool thing is, is that if you go through it, you can do status updates, share stuff on there, and um, upload pictures directly to that. Because that was the only thing that I hated with the regular app is that if I wanted to do something for the lazy, I couldn't. Well, keeping it as a separate app is kind of dope because it's easier to keep track of what you're doing. That's true. You know what I mean? Upload a, upload a picture. It's like, okay, I know I need to upload to Facebook pages instead of Facebook. Right. I mean, the you know, it's it, although the interface itself is not much different from the main Facebook app, and it, but it allows you to go through just your pages, like it, any pa- as many pages that you have associated through your login. Um, right. I like that you can yeah you can update and all that stuff. It would be kind of cool though if you could do it through the main app instead of having to have four different Facebook apps just to uh, <laughs> Messenger, you know, the normal Facebook the camera, the camera that they have, you know. Uh, it, that, oh, I forgot about the camera app. I know I never downloaded that. They last that. when they first did the upgrade, they forced that on you. But after I think about a month, they stopped doing that. So now you have the op- option. <laughs> There's only two camera apps I use on my phone, and that's the main fucking normal one, which is fine, and my uh, uh, Evernote camera one, if I need to keep it. If I need I, to. Yeah, I have um, my regular camera, and then I have Instagram. See, I'm not, I'm not about that Instagram, dude. Yeah. Everybody with the fucking filters on their pictures and shit. <laughs> Just take a damn picture. <laughs> Although now with Jelly Bean, they they give you some filters of their own. Of course they do. Of course, of course they do. Yeah. But um, oh man, I know you like the. Uh... Oh, actually no, I want to talk about this first. Oh, you can get those PS2 games too, dude. Yeah, I'm looking at this old school shit. What are you trying? What are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> I guess Warner Brothers gets to keep uh, Superman. Oh, yeah. Dude, every time something new Superman comes out, there's a new lawsuit. Yeah. It's like, guys, if you lost already (laughs) the first fucking 15 times, like, come on. Yeah. Well, the thing was is that they were this – it was – so basically what Warner Brothers does is they keep the initial deal that they agreed on 10 years ago. The whole gist of the lawsuit was the idea that 
um, the 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 contract that Warner Brothers said they agreed with, they keep saying, well, no, we didn't technically agree to it. But the judge, the the federal court judge said, um, yeah, you did. <laughs> this, yeah, you did. You did. Um, the lawyer for Schuster and Siegel, though, could face prosecution on his own because he was bound to benefit if the court ruled against Warner's, which is a violation of conflict of interest. So he. The Warner Brothers, this is dirty shit, dude. It's it's like. I understand if they're the creators of Super and got it. You but know what I mean? But it's that's the thing is they're dead. Their estate it's it's kind of like that to me I have a thing of like going so the estate so basically the kids are suing for more money. Yeah. And they they honestly let's let's be honest, I mean at first you're like oh you know they want credit where credit's due. I get it. But the way they've conducted themselves in all these little court proceedings, you just know that they're just, they're just digging for cash. Like they're just like oh my god. They created Superman. We can make some serious ducats. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, but they're dead. They're not doing anything now. Yeah, and they haven't done anything for a long time with Superman. But, you know, it's like now, you know, but this this was one of the things that I think kept Justice League on the back burner for a long time. Mm-hmm. And they were – I know they were scared about it with the comics. But now this allows Warner Brothers to go ahead and ruin the Superman legacy through comics, video games, and movies yes. <laughs> to their to their hearts, hearts as, content. As it should be. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, I mean, I think that – see, people people don't realize that Superman is a lot of times the glue that keeps it all together Yeah. when it comes to team-ups and stuff in the DC universe um, because people are like, oh, Batman's this. Batman. I'm like, yeah, but Batman's a loner, like the definition of. you know. So if you want multiple characters, it's hard to, to justify – Batman getting everybody together, and it's like unless it's Batman Incorporated, but that's not even the same thing because he's just making Batmans in other places, right. you know. Um, so I think that this whole fucking Superman bullshit has really kept a Justice League teamed um movie from coming out and just just silly shit. It just gets old. Yeah, it's like quit being a bitch. <laughs> but I still think though that I think if they were on the verge of losing Batman, that would be a lot worse. Oh, no, it would be. Yeah. Because as a singular character, Batman is way more profitable for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because everyone loves the anti-hero. Yeah. You know, it, Superman's a very Boy Scout clean cut. And that's fine. There's there's places for that, too. A perfect place for a clean cut Boy Scout, the team leader. Look at Captain America. That's true, yeah. He's the team leader. He's the team leader. You know, because he's the, he's the moral compass. Right. You know, because Batman will... <laughs> Batman will fuck a, fuck a bitch up. You know, people are like, oh, well, Batman doesn't kill people. Like, you know what? It's, there's a lot you can do to somebody without killing them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, yeah. You, I mean, it's like, going, yeah, you can break every fucking bone in their body and not kill them. That's right. <laughs> and Batman's been known to break a bone. Yeah. So let's just keep it real. Okay? <laughs> keep it real when I'm keeping it real because we keep it real. Okay? That's okay? Cool. Okay? Okay? Gotta love that uh, White House response to the Death Star petition, though. Dude, I love it. I I, I thought it was like it wasn't condescending. No. Because it would have been so easy to go, you guys are all fucking clowns. Right. Which is what I would have (laughs) did. I would have said, you guys are fucking morons. If you can't see how stupid this is, um, I thought it was cool because they they pointed out – um, some of the things that NASA has done and things that are happening that a lot of people don't realize and how a lot of them are – they're themed or named after Star Wars stuff or yeah. even inspired from yeah. uh, Star Wars stuff because those floating – they do have these like – they don't technically float. 
you can't float when there's no gravity. Right. Um, but they they navigate through a three dimensional space um, on the International Space Station. They're little orbs, and I forget what they do. They help. Uh, they're little robots, and they help the the people on there. That shit's straight out of fucking Star Wars. Oh yeah. The damn Jedi trainer training things. I don't know the the proper term. I don't want to <laughs> freak out on me. Um, you well, know. My my favorite though, and for those of you that probably and may not have heard about this this was big in the geek sphere for a while and you know regardless of what you think of the current administration you have to give them credit for responding to the petition that someone created that you can do at you know at we the people uh you can create a petition that gets the attention of the white house and people created a petition that said that the government should build a death star thus by stimulating the economy and moving us into space well, each petition requires 25,000 signatures, and this one got 34,000 signatures. Yeah, and I mean it is it is a federal law right. that if you get a petition for anything, if it gets a certain – it's 25, right? 25,000. Yeah, 25, it yeah. has to be – you have to get a response from yeah. the government. They have to look at it, which to. is a great law. Yeah. You know, it's it's that, that's one of the cornerstones of having a democracy is people listening to your shit. Um, <laughs> so – but occasionally you get – Things like make a Death Star. I like how how their second bullet point of why they wouldn't do it is the the United States government doesn't condone blowing up planets. planets. Yeah, this is this is the actual quote too from their response. But you have to admire their reasoning for not building a Death Star. The exact quote is quote the construction of the Death Star has been estimated to cost more than eight hundred fifty quadrillion dollars. <laughs> We're working to reduce the deficit, not expand it. And then, like Adam said, the administration does not support blowing up planets. And then the third point is, why would we spend countless taxpayer dollars on a Death Star with a fundamental flaw that can be exploited by a one-man starship? <laughs> <laughs> yes, everyone, that's your tax dollars at work. Someone actually went to figure out how much. <laughs> I wonder if they really did get a price estimation or they just said this shit's good fuck it just add a bunch of zeros <laughs> let's, let's, okay. imagine the cost imagine the cost Absolutely. You know? you'd have to get people up there you'd have to build you'd have to have another space station to house everyone to go back and forth not only that too and and i was thinking about it when and now for obvious reasons star wars is is such a great the fans are so passionate and stuff but if i were to pick a ship or space station from a fictional sci-fi universe i would not pick the death star i know right? it is so the death star is so silly in in its in its form like because one it's it's the bad guy ship right. so it's over the top it's it's, yeah. it's just like it's threatening it's too big why do you need to blow up a planet like i don't really understand <laughs> like honestly like if someone were to say let's make a a defiant and i'm not saying because star trek's better than star wars i'm just i'm thinking purely the ship itself right something smaller something that can be reused you can fly here and there and everywhere yeah easier to fucking move around (laughs) jesus christ (laughs) something like that like and i i've always been a big i've always been condoning um making a larger ship that we can just keep using, that always stays in space, stocked at the International Space Station to, to be used to go here and there, whatever. Um, that would just make sense financially. Um, unfortunately, NASA <laughs> tends to have their head up their ass. And let's make a brand new ship for everything. you know, Or use a ship that was made in the fucking 80s. Most people don't even want to use a car that was made in the 80s. <laughs> I know, right? 
You know, just because you slap some paint on it, motherfucker, don't mean it's any newer. Hey, we just we put some uh, we put some uh, some air in the tires, <laughs> put some primer on there. We're good to kick go. The tires, kick the tires and light the fires. We're good to some go. bondo. <laughs> We're all set to go. We got we got two cans of WD forty in the glove box. We're good. <laughs> like when they when they retired the space shuttle, while I was sad because it, it was the end of an era, I was happy it was retired because now we can move forward with different things. I know. I mean, they, they were hanging on to that thing like a fucking crutch. Yeah. But then while it was cool. It was so fucking expensive to get into space. But then also too, you gotta you gotta blame the government too because the government keeps cutting their fucking spending. So and but the thing too is that we should private we should have privatized space by this point. I, you know. Well, I, the thing that bothers me about privatizing space: when was space locked up from the private <laughs> sector? Does America own space? I'm like, I don't owns everything. <laughs> you so, know, and I'm, America, goddamn it! That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we own the universe. <laughs> we just let other motherfuckers stay in it. <laughs> We meet aliens and like you know you're in our fucking spot, right? <laughs> we pull that uh, Eliezer bit. Do you have a flag? <laughs> um, and there is, and I was talking to somebody recently about about this situation, and and uh, <laughs> they go, well, we. This person goes, well, we. The moon is American, and I'm like, what? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, like we own the moon. I'm like, <laughs> first of all, why do we own the moon? And he goes. Because because we landed there, our flags there, we landed there first. I'm like, okay. First of all, there is a treaty. I forget exactly what it's called, but no one can own <laughs> another thing in space just because you landed there first. It's it's humanities now. So all of humanity owns it. In that treaty, it also says you can't make military complexes on a whatever. Also, when did we – did we own the Earth? I don't, <laughs> I don't remember America owning Earth. <laughs> Well, you know, it's the whole manifest destiny kind of thing, you know. <laughs> uh, I mean, I own the fucking earth, but that's because I'm a beast. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, I think it's time to get in some news. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, might as well. Well, the 85th annual Academy Award nominations were announced this week. And unfortunately, if you were expecting Robert Downey Jr. to get an Oscar nod for Tony Stark, you will be sorely disappointed. Exactly. I know, right? This year's nods are the usual suspects in movies that few people have or will see in the coming months. Uh, Lincoln scored uh, the most nominations with Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress, and Best Actor. I kind of agree with that one, though, because Lincoln was pretty dope. I actually saw that movie recently. Yeah. And uh, and of course I knew once Daniel Day Lewis was in it, he was just like he was mm-hmm. he was getting it was like okay another one for him. Yeah. But the major snubs this year were both Ben Affleck and Quentin Tarantino for nods for director nods when their pictures they directed Argo and uh, Django Unchained, um, uh, respectively. Both received nominations for best picture but not best director. Silver Linings Playbook received many nods for a movie that many people haven't even heard of. While the internet exploded with <laughs> both The Avengers and The Dark Knight Rises didn't receive many or any Oscar nominations. Shit. Yeah, at all, um, at all should serve as a reminder to us that comic book movies are still cool. Yeah, man. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah, because if they start to um, nominate those, then you know, oh, they're not cool. I honestly thought um, – uh, the Hardy for Bane, he was going to get a nod. I really thought he was. 
No, I didn't think he would, but you know, he the Dark Knight didn't get it even for visual effects or editing or anything like that. They got nothing. I really thought that uh Anne Hathaway was gonna get a nod for her <laughs> performance on that motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like yeah, and for on me. On motorcycle, Anne Hathaway is mm-hmm. the only nominee. <laughs> you see her in the crowd, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh man, but yeah. It's just one of those things where it's just like anytime I hear the Oscars, it's like okay, you know, I I, I seldom ever, I, aside from like um, Lincoln, I haven't seen Les Miserables yet, but um, you know, there's no other movies in there that I even I call that movie Les Miserable because <laughs> I didn't touch American. I don't fucking I pronounce it the way I want. <laughs> If I try to pronounce it the way, I'm just going to make myself sound stupid. And I just, <laughs> miserable. Whatever. Yeah. And then is. it makes me not want to say it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what does it even mean? The Miserable? Yeah. I have no fucking clue. Does it mean the Miserables? Because it kind of sounds like that. Well, I mean, it, it well, the the revolution and everything like that. So, yeah, they're pretty miserable. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> this fucking, this whole awards is all bogus anyway. Oh, it's all popularity contest. All bullshit is what it is. The only awards I ever watch are the ones where people are voting. People's choice. That's right. That's the only ones I watch. Because I could give a fuck about a panel of old-ass geezers telling me what movies are great. You know the the only award show I care about is AVN. AVN's legit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> even that fucking – even the game awards that fucking uh, Spike tries to do, those are pretty whack too. Yeah, they're, they're a little weird, especially when they – give like awards to companies that haven't done anything like and there's there's awards like in gaming and, and movies like that they don't have award shows for yeah they get awards in the industry and stuff like that yeah that's what counts you know yeah the pat on the back ones yeah yeah but you get, it, it's, it, i like the ones that are either from people's choice or from their peers yeah like, like the you, SAG awards or the yeah yeah like stuff like that like people that work in the same industry saying oh you're the shit you know what you do that that's cool but the fucking the panel ones are stupid like the Oscars like who gives a fuck yeah you know what I mean like these people are older than the Oscars <laughs> <laughs> like who gives a shit oh man that's true that's true I I I've had very little faith in the Oscars for a long long time. So. It's, it's, a, it's a smoke and mirrors a bit, you know. I never watch it. I I never know what's even on when, when it comes on. I fucking forgot the Golden Globes were on the night. I was like interested in more of the football games than I was in the Golden Globes. I don't even know at all that they were they were because I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I go online and look at top ten lists. That's what yeah, I. That's I, true. Okay, are we moving on? I guess we should move on. Are we whining about society in general? <laughs> all right. Um, Podcast. <laughs> So, of course, uh, as we know, CES happened since 2013. It seemed that big this year. Like, big, but a few cool things came out of it. And one of them was this. Uh, NVIDIA hit the 2013 Consumer Electronics Show with a bang this year, announcing Project an Android-powered gaming portable... Android-powered portable gaming console slash controller. Wow, that was a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> The system is powered by the new Tegra 4 processor. It not only runs runs games from the Android Google Play Store, but also has the ability to stream full PC games from your home PC, um, essentially creating your own personal cloud gaming system. That's kind of cool. 
I know. NVIDIA showed off a few games over the streaming technology dubbed NVIDIA Grid, such as Need for Speed Most Wanted and Assassin's Creed 3, and it looked fucking cool, dude. Like, it worked perfectly fine. No, obviously, you know, they have the most robust network <laughs> shit set up. But like, like T3. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they had Japan come in and do it right. <laughs> yeah. um, the unit features lithium batteries, giving it 38 hours of playtime. Um, and an HDMI port, micro SD card slot, micro USB slot, um, and of course a headphone jack. Uh, the five-inch HD multi-touch screen runs a resolution of 1280 by 720. Uh, if that isn't big enough for you, send the display using the HDMI port to a up to 4K TV screen, dude. Fuck, display is sick. Um, currently, there is no price point, of course, or release date, of course. But I really, I really hope this doesn't become vaporware. Uh, <laughs> If you don't know that term, it means technology you see at CES that never happens. Right. This would be a great little unit to have and would push the Tegra 4 process center stage uh, for other technologies to use it as well. I would fucking buy this thing. Like, this is the mobile gaming unit. And, and I have, you know, you go to lazygeeks.com, I have a video. Do I have a video up? Yeah, I think you had a video of that one. Up and then I also have uh oh my ad blocker is blocking the video. I was like, where's the fuck's the video? Um, turn your ad blockers off. Yeah, I was gonna go. say disable ad blockers and then go to the lazygeeks.com. I also have a photo, real clean photo of the of the units. It's sexy. I mean, it's Nvidia. It's it's sexy looking, you know. Um, and the controller is cool because it's a clamshell design, so you have the controller and then you can flip the screen down, and then I'm I mean, it is a bit bulky. Yeah. It's that that that's the first thing that struck me, but then you read the specs and you're kind of like, ooh, that just it just it suddenly makes it look hotter. Yeah, and I mean, if you're most tech savvy people who are on the go enough to warrant a mobile device, they're carrying a messenger bag with them or or a backpack. It's definitely small enough to throw in a bag. Yeah, it's it's not that big. <laughs> I, it's not it's not an Xbox 360 yet though. Um, it's, it's not def- that big. <laughs> More specs on um yeah no I want to see more specs on the uh, streaming and see how far that streaming can really go like can I be at Steve's house and have my computer on in Phoenix while he's <laughs> in- and then play the game off of there I don't see why the technology couldn't do it although I'm assuming there would be lag of course but I want to see how far Nvidia's taken this yeah. like or. Just being home, at home doing it. Because if that's the case, then basically I'm just buying a really expensive Android fucking gaming thing. Which I don't even know how expensive it's going to be. I'm assuming it's going to be not cheap. Well, it's NVIDIA. Yeah. They're not known for being cheap. Yeah, they're known for being the shit, though. Yeah. They're my favorite, my favorite company for graphics. Although I run an AT&I, ATI card, which is going to be replaced soon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... You know, big pimpin'. That's really all I wanted to say about that. (laughs) Well, while many of us are waiting for the news that Research in Motion is shutting down, it appears that we'll have to linger through what is sure to be their Hail Mary pass with BlackBerry 10. While 2011 and 2012 weren't good for the company, it seems that wireless providers are willing to give them a chance to prove themselves by carrying their new devices, which are expected to be announced at the end of the month. Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, and Sprint all announced that they will carry the new BlackBerry 10 devices at this year's Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. While RIM is stating that they will carry devices for every price point, 
we won't know anything about the devices until they reveal their lineup in New York City on January 30th. I think it's kind of cute that everyone is giving them a chance to succeed, uh, but no one seems eager to trim down their Android and iOS devices for BlackBerry anytime soon. I don't think – I think the only person that hasn't got the message that RIM is out the door is RIM. RIM, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's RIM and Yahoo. <laughs> it's getting – well, you know how Yahoo stays afloat? Flickr. Yeah. They own Flickr. Like Yahoo owns other things. RIM doesn't own other things. They're just RIM. <laughs> and they suck balls. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, the, I think the Oscars uh, panel is the one that works at RIM that makes the innovations. <laughs> well, it's funny too, because like every time you're just like, oh my god, you just kind of like you want to put your armor around their around their shoulders and go, it's okay, just let it go. It's just it's pathetic. It 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 should end. Yeah. You know, and BlackBerry was a shit back in the day, but that was back in the day. <laughs> it ain't now. <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah. So I'm sure you're excited about this uh, new device. Yeah, off and on a little bit. I I, I kind of think Android is kind of the same. I don't know. Um, before we get into the the phone OS that is Ubuntu phone, I might want to explain what Ubuntu is. Ubuntu is a distribution of Linux operating system for the PC, being one of the most popular distributions of the OS. Um, Ubuntu tends to be a bit more polished than most others and features a lot of different enhancements that either other Linux users need to find a workaround to get or not have in the first place. One glaring example of this is the new Steam for Linux beta uh, that is only officially supported on Ubuntu 12.04. So now that we know what Ubuntu is, uh, (laughs) Ubuntu wants to create an ecosystem of technology that is common among all of your devices which is where Ubuntu Phone comes in. Ubuntu Phone was recently announced on the official Ubuntu web website a few about a week back, and it's causing a bit of discussion within the industry. The main interface seems simple enough, with a swiping from certain sides of the screen being the main way to navigate through your phone. Um, like Different menus pop up from diff- if you swipe from different sides. One interesting feature is how the OS handles apps. One problem for new phone OSs, I'm looking at you, Windows Phone, is the <laughs> lack of apps developed for a new platform. Ubuntu's solution for this is a simple one, but may keep it afloat when it went up against the big guys. Web applications are handled as normal apps, which means links to application websites are right there on the phone for you to follow, just like any other app. Of course, if a web developer wanted to allow full installation through Ubuntu's web app APIs, it's easy to do so as well. Another feature that sets the OS apart from others is its ability to become a full-fledged PC. When using a high-end phone, or super phone, as they call it, (laughs) you'll get get desktop convergence. This feature allows you to connect your phone to a dock um, connected to a monitor to use the full version of Ubuntu. This extends the usability of your phone and allows you to carry a full computer in your pocket. Um, technology like this is innovative and will be one of the main draws for individuals thinking about using an Ubuntu phone. These are just some of the highlights that caught my eye when going over the website. I posted links at the bottom of the post on lazygeeks.com as well as the video of the virtual keynote. Um, I am excited about it because it's something different. I love innovation. I love um, more ideas out there, uh, which everybody should like. I do love that whole computer thing, which a few phones have tried in the past, but haven't really had a full-fledged computer operating system. They they were just a bigger screen for your phone. Um, Ubuntu is a great distribution of Linux. 
Um, unless you're talking to an ultra nerdy Linux user and then they're like, that shit's too easy. <laughs> it should take me seven hours to install a driver. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did it in a day. What kind of bullshit is that? <laughs> um, I mean, the, the OS looks very clean. It looks very snappy. Um, something a little different too. It's, it's, you know, the, the good thing, the thing I love about innovation like this is that if this one has a good idea and it works out, then the other ones will do it and then, and vice versa and all that. Right. Something that Apple doesn't quite understand is the way everything moves forward. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am excited about the phone. It, they aren't really slated to come out until the beginning of next year, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll see more and more about them throughout the year. Well, while uh, it seems that we're still not too far into 2013 to look back on 2012, we are able to see the top-selling comics and graphic novels of the past year. To no one's surprise, Walking Dead number 100 was the number one selling comic of 2012. No surprise at all. Yeah, I know. Uh, Marvel took the rest of the nine remaining spots with Uncanny Avengers number one, Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 700, Avengers number one, and various Avengers vs. X-Men issues. Sad to say, though, that there weren't any DC comic titles in the top ten list, which shows me that the novelty is slowly starting to wear off. Uh, in the graphic novel arena, Walking Dead not um, to not only took bleh, let me try that again. Walking Dead not only took the number one spot with Volume One Days Gone By, but took numbers two, four, five, seven, and nine spots for the year. Fuck me running, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, DC Comics did have two in that yeah. list, but of course they were Batman titles. <laughs> <laughs> Number three was Batman Earth One, good, which is a good, uh, good graphic novel if you haven't yes. read that one. And Batman Court of the Owls took that was um, pretty good. Yeah, took the number eight spot. Long Three Century Number Three of, from 2009 took the number ten spot. So I guess DC needs to do something now since comics like Superior Spider-Man are number one in the reordering list. Oh my god! You know what though? Um, they are, and it, right currently. The um, it's not really a retelling, like a continuation, like a sequel to Death in a Family. Yeah. Now that the Joker's back, spanning every any comic that Batman's ever touched, it's really good. Like the 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 drama, the suspense. It's I'm I run to go get the next issue. And I mean, I'm a long time Batman fan, of course, but still, it's it's amazing. Yeah, but um, what sucks though is that it's it's Batman titles. Yeah, I mean, they really need to they need to figure shit out when it comes to the other characters. I mean, Justice League is still the shit. Right, but I think they're they're pinning a lot of hopes on Justice League of America. Yeah. That I'm I'm not sure that's going to be the one though. Yeah, we need to get um like and it, and it sucks too cuz a lot of the DC mythos is great. Yeah. But they just get weak writers. Like they always put their biggest talents on Batman. Like for instance, Flash. If you really read the mythos of Flash, it is fucking sick. But they they never fucking flesh it out right. You know, it's yeah. it's just like it's handled like a second string character. When Flash was the one who started this whole fucking thing <laughs> with the with the new universe. Right, Flashpoint. And so so and Flashpoint was cool, but then again, Flashpoint was rushed. Yeah. I think it, I think especially five been, issue five really just yeah, was like it, so we got five issues of Flashpoint. I think Flashpoint should have been at the very least eight issues at yeah. the very at the very least. It was too important. Yeah, you know so whatever. But 
That's my two cents on that. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I personally think Marvel's a mess right now. Like, I have no fucking idea what's going on in Marvel. Yeah, well, the yeah, and you know, I've I I'm still working on reading into everything because like now with Marvel, Marvel now just launched in well, it's on on October, so a lot of issues are just going into issue three. What the hell is Marvel now? Basically, it's their it's their way of trying to do that mass renumbering scheme, um, where. It's every um, Avengers versus X Men ended, so the universe, quote unquote, has changed dramatically. Basically, what they're doing with Marvel now is they're setting up for the return of um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, okay. Well, that's kind of exciting. Then. Yeah, and um, and especially since the movie's coming soon, they need to get the comic book fans and go, "Hey, remember this?" <laughs> yeah. Um, and we all do need a reminder. Let's yeah. be honest. Um, Rocky I Raccoon. think <laughs> I think uh, Marvel. Is doing the same thing DC is doing, but they're trying not to make it as big. Like they're not like we're redoing everything, we're redoing everything, because then everyone's gonna call bullshit. Yeah. Like, oh, you're just doing what DC did, and that's fine. This goes back to the damn phones and the innovation. If one person has a good idea, it just helps the other side. Yeah. You know, and and but I now, like. But that. now too, you got to kind of see Marvel has really worked hard to to do their um their Marvel Cinematic Universe. So that I think they're trying to get their comic books in line because it's the ultimate the ultimate universe, right? It's the cinematic well, universe. Uh, well, no, because they borrow from both. Um, they they use the 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 Ultimates ideas, but they still base a lot in the in the Marvel. It's it especially like the Avengers, it really thrown that line between the Ultimates and the regular Avengers. But um, the, the thing is, is that I think they're trying to straighten out their line a bit to try to mirror the movies because mm-hmm. now it's like, oh, yeah, people that see the, fant- the you know, Spider-Man there and they come over here and they see this, like, whole completely different thing. You know, I think they're trying to give it a, well, I mean, a it, break point. It works for both sides, too, because yeah. – why is Batman so strong right now? Because of the Nolan films. I have, have really brought it back into the center stage. Uh, and you see uh, not really mirroring the the movies, but you see the kind of tone is matched up a little bit. Well, look at um, Gordon, dude. He looks yeah. a lot like uh, – He does. <laughs> Gary Oldman. <laughs> I like the old Gold, Gordon, the fucking old dude. Yeah. Stogie in his mouth and shit. Motherfucker. <laughs> Anyway, um, on over to GameFly. On over to GameFly. So, was it today, yesterday, sometime last week, <laughs> um, U.S. court, the U.S. Court of, of Appeals ruled today or ruled that uh, Netflix does receive unfair treatment at the U.S. Postal Ser- Service in regards to how their packages are handled. Uh, Netflix movies enjoy their own specially designated containers, protecting the disc from the machines and rough handling that normal letters go through. Uh, we all know about that rough handling at the post office. <laughs> I know, right? um, Gamefly, a console game rental service that uses the same mailing system, uh, feels this is unfair seeing as they don't get the same kind of luxury. Uh, Judge David Centile said, rather obviously... This is not without cost to the post, postal ser- service. Uh, nonetheless, the service is provided to Netflix free of charge. This has been um, going on for a few weeks now, and Gamefly has finally gotten um, – or a few years now, I'm sorry. And Gamefly has finally gotten an answer to their complaints. Gamefly claims it had to make some adjustments 
adjustments costing in the millions due to the special treatment Netflix receives. Gamefly made an official statement. And this is that statement. We are very pleased by the decision. Gamefly has been trying for more than five years to get the Postal Service to take seriously its obligation not to discriminate unlawfully against the customers, said Gamefly CEO Dave Hodes. We trust that the commission will take the court's decision to hunt and require the Postal Service to be compliant with the laws by with the law by offering the same price and quality of service to all DVD rental companies. We have paid millions in excess postage fees over the past 10 years, and fair treatment by the USPS will enable us to keep our costs as low as possible for our customers. So it sort of makes sense, really, being that the cost of a video game disc is a bit higher than a movie. Um, Sure, Netflix does have a higher volume, but that doesn't mean that the majority deserves better treatment. Hopefully the USPS can get this sorted out to where everyone is happy. And if you'll notice, um, and yes, the price of video games is obviously higher than a movie. Um, not too much higher now with Blu-rays though, but the price right. of Blu-rays is coming down. Um, Gamefly rental service is fairly expensive compared to Netflix. Um, because of the discs that get damaged all the time because they just go through the normal machines. Yeah, and they have to put um, it in, but they also have to use ec- extra packaging, like yeah. the hard cardboard that they yeah, put Yeah, they come in the cardboard case, which is awesome, you know. Yeah. Um, I just recently signed back up for Gamefly, actually, and I love Gamefly. Um, sometimes, yeah, okay, but most current games are not always available for obvious reasons though. Like I've never been bitching and complaining about that. Um, but whatever, that's, that's for a different story. Um, (laughs) the, yeah, sure. Netflix has the highest one, but you know, that's like the majority rules type bullshit. You know, you can't really hang your hat on that too much. Right. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of happy that they're going to get fair treatment across the board and other services too. Like let's not forget little blockbuster. Oh yeah. You know, sometimes they, they need help too. (laughs) Uh, all right. Well, um, I think uh, now is some good time to go into some new releases. Yeah. And uh, so some highlights of the new releases on DVD, Netflix, and um, and theaters. We've got uh, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol is available on Netflix streaming right now. Oops. So you can actually watch the original Mission Impossible 3 and Ghost Protocol, for some reason, 2 is not on there, which is okay. If you haven't seen 2, your life will be better for not seeing it. I haven't seen Ghost Protocol either. It's actually really good. I liked it a lot. Um, the Last Stand, Arnold Schwarzenegger's new movie, hits mm-hmm. um, hits theaters this it week. It just looks funny. It does. I mean, it, it looks entertaining. Johnny Knoxville's in it. The the yeah. chick that played um, Lady, um, Lady Sif in Thor, mm-hmm. she's in it. Looking mm-hmm. hot as ever. Oh. Yeah. Um, Taken 2 hits DVD Blu-ray this week. Um, Being Human Season 4, also on DVD Blu-ray. And, of course, the Jackson 5, the animated series, (laughs) (laughs) hits DVD and (laughs) Blu-ray. And that was a necessity. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The only ones I have, obviously, because we're in a a slow period for gaming, uh, DMC Devil May Cry does come out for the fans of that series um, this week. And also for comic books, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic comes out. And the only re- – the first issue. And the only reason I put that is because it just, I just laughed uncontrollably when, when I – I don't know why. Friendship is magic. Friendship is magic. <laughs> it's because Steve is a brony, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> rolling, rolling right into uh, the main new releases for the week, DC Comics, uh, M.A. Kame Girls <laughs> – 
number four of five featuring just, Power Girl. That just sounds like a, a bad like porno. No. <laughs> this issue does feature Power Girl though for you Power Girl fans. Um, Batgirl number sixteen, Batman number sixteen, Batman and Robin number sixteen. <laughs> Uh, Batman Arkham Unhinged number 10, Deathstroke number 16, Demon Knights number 16, Fable volume – ooh, ooh, kept a trade in there. I'm going to keep reading it though. Fable volume 18, Cubs in Toyland. We try not to put the trades in there because whatever. Right. Frankenstein Agent of Shade number 16. This is the final issue of that. Um, Green Lancer the Animated Series number 10. Grifter number 16, another final issue. Um, Insurgent one of six. Legion Lost 16, another final issue on that. Uh, Ravengers 8, Suicide Squad 16, Superboy 16, Team 7 4, and Threshold number one. All right. In Marvel, we have uh, All New X Men number six, Alpha Big Time uh, <laughs> number 0. 0.1. Oh, God, there's fucking point ones. <laughs> um, Avengers Assemble number 11, Avenging Spider-Man number 16, Captain America number 3, Captain Marvel number 9, Daredevil 22, Dark Avengers 185, Disney Junior Magazine number 11, yeah, uh, yeah. Indestructible Hulk number 3, Marvel's Thor Adaptation number 1, New Avengers number 2, uh, Punisher Nightmare number 3 of 5, Savage Wolverine number 1, Ultimate Comics Iron Man number 4, Venom 30, Wolverine Max 3, X-Factor 250, and X-Men number 40. I just saw an edit in real time just now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. In Boom, uh, Extermination 8, Fanboys vs. Zombies 10, and Freelancers 3. All right. In Dark Horse, we have BPRD 1948, number 4 of 5, Billy the Kid's Old Timey Oddities and the Orm of Loch Ness number 404. <laughs> Fuck me, man. <laughs> Black Beetle No Way Out number 104. Conan the Barbarian number 12. And uh, X Sanguine. Sanguine. Sanguine number 4 of 5. It's French. Ah. Um, <laughs> like I give a shit. <laughs> right? America. Yeah. Um, in Dynamite. Dynamite. Um, yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> Bionic Man versus Bionic Woman. Trouble in Paradise. Number one, um, Dark Shadows, 12. Garth Enos's Jennifer Blood, 21. Green Hornet, Year One, Special One. Uh, Kevin Smith's The Bionic Man, number 15. That's not a bad series, actually. Um, Lord of the Jungle, 11. Pathfinder, 4. Peter Cannon, Thunderbolt, 5. Warlords of Mars, Deja Thoris, 21. <laughs> In IDW, Chasing the Dead, number three of four. Crow Skinning the Wolves, number two of three. Wow, that sounds like an uplifting one. Uh, mm. G.I. Joe, number 21. Yeah! Highways, one of four. Magic the Gathering, Path of Vengeance, number two. Mars Attacks the Real Ghostbusters, one shot. And Marvel. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, Transformers Spotlights, Thundercracker, number one. An image. Comeback, three of five. Creator-owned Heroes, 8, Elephant Men, 45, Hoax Hunters, 6, Lil Depressed Boy, 15, Saga, 7, this is the uh, second printing because it was just that damn popular, <laughs> Saga, 9, which is the current printing, and Todd, the ugliest kid on Earth, 1 of 4. <laughs> if you want to read the complete list of new releases, check out the website, thelazygeeks.com, every Sunday for 
movies, DVDs, video games, Netflix streaming, and comics. Ooh, baby. Yeah. I love you from head to toe. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. That's right. <laughs> so our main topic today, it's probably not going to be too long, but um, it's uh, this – that's what that's what Steve tells the ladies. <laughs> yeah, because it's all about my pleasure. Um, <laughs> this week, uh, it was announced how many Nintendo Wii U consoles were sold during the month of December, and this is suddenly turned into a cup half empty, half full kind of kind of scenario. So, according to the reports, Nintendo Wii sold 475,000 units for the same period in 2006, while the Wii U sold 460,000 units in this past month. So, that's a 19% drop from six years ago. However, the console made more dollars than the Wii U because the Wii made $270 million. But the Wii U made $300 million. Now, let's keep in mind that the Wii U cost more <laughs> than the Wii. Also, not only is it cost more, there's two versions. The higher-costing version was amazingly the more popular of the two. Right, but you, and you look at the, the Wii U cost 250 out the door. And the, the, even the basic of the Wii U is 300 Mm-hmm. And then 350, I think, is the higher. The base, the base model's three, and the deluxe is 350. Yeah. The deluxe is the differences between the two. Just real quick, the deluxe is black, while the other one is white. Um, the deluxe comes with a game. It comes with Nintendo Land and more um, or- uh, storage space capacity. Uh, it's stupid not to buy it, basically. Yeah, yeah it's basically saying you're going to end up spending it anyway. But here, save a hundred bucks, and then you're going to end up spending mm-hmm. that hundred later on. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so, but now I, there's a story as a, when this podcast airs, it'll be today, um, that it was announced that, um, games for, uh, the Wii U are far behind games for the Wii. Oh yeah. Without question. Yeah. And, uh, according to an analyst, um, from what I from what I've been able to ascertain from this article was the fact that um, it's about 45% drop for the game for the Wii uh, for that time during um, with the original Wii and 50% for the GameCube mm-hmm. that time. I'm trying to bring up the article. Here it is. Let me see if I can get that numbers right real quick. Um, and uh, yeah, because um, the quote for the article is, totals of the November-December period were 43% lower than software sales for the Wii and 50% lower than those for the GameCube. And uh, so this goes into that whole uh, – and, and the funny thing is the reason why I say it's the, class, um, the glass half-empty, um, half-full is because on the announcement of how much money that it made versus the Wii – their stock went up 5% in Osaka trading. So hmm. it's kind of one of those where you're just like, okay, I, I guess everybody likes seeing the fact that it's more money, but at the same time, aren't you kind of missing the bigger point? Mm-hmm. So uh, my question, and, and I posed this question to Adam earlier this week, was with, obviously, there's not a lot of 
enthusiasm, enthusiasms for enthusiasms <laughs> for the Wii U, which you could kind of see going into this. So, is that going to be is the drop in Wii U sales a sign for Microsoft and Sony when the next gen consoles come out? If it's is this year or next year? Um, it isn't. It isn't. I mean. It is in the in the respect that they should obviously be paying attention to um, the missteps and and some of the you know the things that they're doing right too. But Nintendo, especially lately, is is at the beat of their own drum. Right. You know, I mean, they they kind of they're not really following the the trends of the gaming the gaming world. They they tend to go their own way, whether that's successful or not successful. It depends on what which technology you're looking at. And this has been going all through the freaking nineties too. Right. I mean you can look at like the Super Nintendo came out and it was like holy mother of God. It's like you got the greatest game system ever. And then the virtual boy came out. You know, so it's <laughs> it's like Nintendo likes to try new ideas and sometimes they they kind of they kind of kick themselves in the ass for it. Um, personally, I don't. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think the Wii U is is the virtual boy of the 21st century. I think the Wii U is is a, a good a good gaming system. I've I've played with it myself. Um, it's fun, you know this and that. The only the really thing that's the re- biggest thing that's holding it back is the software, is the games for it. Um, the only game that really really impressed me. I'm talking about every single game that is for the Wii U right now is Rayman. Rayman, oh, yeah. Rayman's integration with the touchpad and all, it was amazing experience and it really showed off what the Wii U was all about. Everything else, trash. I played the Batman Arkham City on there. It was just a pain in the ass. Um, it, it, it's, it doesn't make any sense, you know. Yeah. Um, another game that's actually pretty cool is. Um, <clears throat> Now I've only read about this, but is the <laughs> is the Madden Madden uh, 13 for the Wii U. Now the cool thing about this is you can do on the fly um, play changes. I don't know if it's an official. I don't watch football um, on the touchpad while your lineup is there waiting to hike the ball. So you could just all you do is just trace your finger to where you want the guys to go, and you can change your little. Offensive line and all that crap. So for people who enjoy Madden, I mean that's pretty cool, yeah. you know. And well, yeah, but, I mean, I, I to to the to the point of the launch titles. Yeah, launch titles are everything. As we've, you know, you, you just have to look at the Vita, the 3DS, to to understand that. I mean, those. Yeah, the, and it it seems it seems like Nintendo doesn't understand that. That when the Xbox comes out, they have a Halo or they have a they have something that people are going to want. Well, even Sony at, usually even, does it too. But. Yeah, but even yeah, I was gonna say, but even look at Sony with the Vita. I mean, they mm-hmm. didn't really. And the thing was, is like for me with the Vita, all the all the 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 cool stuff that you're supposed to be able to do with the Vita wasn't even available at launch, and it's just slowly starting to be available now. And the sad thing is, it's such a fundamental truth that if your launch titles aren't strong, your system is going to suffer yeah. and might not make it out alive. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's it's to me, these are professionals in the industry. Why do they not know that? Why does Nintendo not realize why would they release a 3DS without a Mario title? Right. You know, I mean... Why do we have to wait like seven months just to get a, a Mario yeah, title? Like, like stuff like that. It's like if... If your game isn't ready, 
postpone the system. Don't release it early because then people are going to buy it and go, oh, great. I have nothing to fucking play on this piece of shit. Right. And then they're going to hate the system when it's really not the system's fault. Yeah. You know, and it's it's um but like I said, going back to the Wii U, because now we're all over the place. The the Wii U is um is a good system, I think it has some good ideas, but are they gonna implicate those ideas properly? I don't know. Because mm. they're not doing it right now. Yeah. Well the thing too is like I mean, you know, some of the things that I, I think are gonna uh, that are gonna hurt that and the next gen um consoles are gonna be stuff like l- just sheer game cost. Because you have the PS2, the games were 50 bucks. PS3 are 60. PS4 could probably go as high as 70, maybe, uh, you know, maybe more. And then there's going to be di- more digital downloads, but there's no price reduction on them. So, you know, I mean, a lot of people complain now that, like, yeah, they go for used games because they're they're cheaper than than new games. But you know, I I don't see that as being because even the even the Nintendo games are what now. 50 bucks they used to be like 40 or something like yeah. that they went up too so you know i when you start seeing when you start seeing that kind of trend like and and to be honest i think for most of the like all this push for the next gen for like playstation 4 the xbox 720 is mostly internet because i think most of the consumers are pretty happy with the current generation of stuff yeah like when i play assassin's creed i still marvel at some of the cool shit that comes out on the game when i look and go damn look at that it just looks so awesome there's still nothing like eh, it could look better you know i i don't i i don't know if the public is really ready to to jump into the next one yeah and like and and goes back to what i said about nintendo kind of beating at their their own drum with their own drum is that nintendo is in graphic technology is behind they're still behind yeah um, as much as they like to tell you they are, they aren't, they're still behind. Even if they match, let's say let's say just for the sake of argument, they match graphically the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3. It doesn't really fucking matter because those two systems have been out for a lot longer. Right. And the tech, the software technology has developed steady. So you have games like Assassin's Creed 3. If you go back to the first year of the Xbox 360 and PlayStation throughout, and you look at the high end graphic games then they look nothing like assassin's creed 3 yeah <laughs> you know and the hardware hasn't changed the hardware is exactly the same it's just that the software the the implications of um freaking just everything just it's software basically is so much better you know and um people have had the developers have had time to really work with the system and, and get the most they can out of it um, while the Wii U is brand new. Not only is it brand new, but it has a weird freaking touchpad controller that goes right. with it that people have to – developers have to figure out how to use. I have a feeling that this is going to be kind of like the Wii where you start seeing – with the Wii, you started seeing the the greatest games on the Wii were the Nintendo-made games. Right. But that's – you can only go so far with that. Yeah. I mean, you need third parties to really embrace your system, or it's not going to do well. I mean, you and, see, you see people like Ubisoft, you know, and 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 Activision and them are trying to embrace it, but I don't think they're going to take the time to fully integrate because of the fact that they're developing games for the PS3 and the Xbox. And I have a feeling too that Ubisoft and all that, their little launch titles, that's all superficial anyway. Yeah. I mean, that's all Nintendo trying to get 
big names on board. But if it doesn't work out, they're not going to stay with it. Right. I mean, they they got to keep the lights on too. Yeah. You know, we we can't be idealistic when you have to pay the bills. You know, it's yeah. if you're not going to make. It's just like a Vita. No one's yeah. buying the Vita, so they're not making any games for it. So those two facts kill each other. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it, it's kind of a pain in the ass. Well, you know. Yeah. Well, for me right now, I like with the Wii U versus the Wii. I don't see any real innovation with the Wii U, aside from the fact that it's finally HD. It's all catching up. It's, yeah. It's, it's. I don't really. That and that to me, that's really going to be the downfall of any next gen. Um, console is is there going to be innovation any innovation or is it just like it's like the iPhone 5 you know we have it's kind of more of the same shit but just a little cooler yeah and, and you could you could say the touchpad is innovation but you could also say it's a gimmick too yeah um everything's it's, touchscreen now yeah the technology for the touchpad is not brand new they've just put it into a game console yeah you know and it's that's great I hope they do great things with it, but I'm not seeing that happening. I'm I'm seeing a couple launch titles really using it, but I'm not seeing anything down the line that's that's really showing off. And even then, if we have games that really use it, well, then all Nintendo's going to be doing is making its own genre of games, which yeah. is what they did on the Wii. You right. have Nintendo games, which work with the Wii's motion controllers and the games would make no fucking sense on any other system so then you're the problem is is you're you're limiting your fan base to people who want to use that you so people who don't want to use the touchpad they're not going to use the damn system and you see now they do have the pro controller which by the way i had some uh experience with the pro controller i've used it a bit it is a really nice controller it's it's quality it feels solid in the hand it's very responsive (laughs) yeah it is yeah it is (laughs) but um the so what's it what's the plan then nintendo so like if your touchpad doesn't work out are you going to focus more on the uh the pro controller and then if that happens people are going to go well if i'm only using games that use this pro controller that looks just like the xbox and playstation i might as well just buy that yeah which is always those two systems are always going to have more games that utilize a traditional controller yeah i've had a lot of time to think about this (laughs) no no i i totally agree but see you know and and i look at it this way with you know the Wii sparked innovation because, yes, it did. Of, because of the fact that with the Wii and realizing that actually people want to use that motion control shit, then came the Connect and then came the Move. You yeah. know, they they had that, but to I, um, differing success levels. Right, but still. Uh, yeah, but still, it, it sparked uh, an, a some an add-on for it, and it sparked oh wait, you know, people would like to do this, but at the same time, you know, it's like without that because like you know from the ps2 to the ps3 obviously was a remarkable jump but i you know with unless it comes with and and i don't want to see a touch screen pad with the new ps4 or the xbox you know it's it's one of those that i i really have there will be like the little marvel zombie you know like the marvel zombies you know that will go out there and buy those systems because they're new. Um, but I, I just don't see, I don't the touch, see it. touchpad to me. And one glaring example is the Vita. When I pick up a Vita and I'm playing a game, let's say I'm playing that 
um, oh God, Uncharted. Okay, well you can use the touchpad or you cannot. I don't want to use the touchpad. I just want to play the game. Okay. Now, where I love the touchpad is navigating the menus because it's like my phone. It's easier. I just hit what I want to go to. So I think touch the touch the whole touch thing in gaming has its uses. Um, now, when it comes to the, the Wii U, I think navigating through menus in games or even directly with the system, the the Wii the Wii U TV. Um, that t- the touchscreen really shines. I think it's it's perfect. It's the greatest, most simple and intuitive um, control design for that kind of stuff. Um, for games, though, again, we're 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 talking about that you're gonna have a small group of people who want to do stuff like that. You're gonna have a bigger group of people that don't want anything to do with it. So Nintendo's shooting themselves in the foot yet again. <laughs> You know, because the Wii was extremely popular, but then it kind of died out. Like, everyone was like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and if you listen to those podcasts going into it, we were both up on that. Like, Mm -hmm. we both had high hopes for that system, and then we saw the release titles. And it just was like, okay, was that it? (laughs) Is that all we're doing? Yeah, that's that's all. I mean, it looks... Awesome, but even when I got my hands on the uh, on the Vita and I was playing that Uncharted game, it didn't. I didn't have that wow factor. Yeah. So it, you know, it's kind of one of those things where I'm at this point where, you know, when the new consoles come out, I'm I'm gonna I'm a, you know, we're gonna, slow, you know, everybody's gonna say, oh, see, see, the consoles are dying, but I don't don't think that. It's not so much that the consoles are dying. I just think that they're, they're uh, well, we run into the situation of innovation. They have mm-hmm. to innovate something. I mean, you know, from the Xbox, I mean, from the Nintendo running the floor to the PS1, you know, was a completely different, um, completely different way of doing things. But, you know, I don't know. I just, it's just going to feel a little. I just feel that we're not going to have as I mean, mean, um, as much to hope for. And when and, and it's harder to see big 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 innovations in console gaming anymore. Like even even the Kinect. I mean the Kinect's a, the big probably the I would have to say the biggest innovation in recent time when it came to console console technology. But that still pales in comparison to innovations like when they started using discs instead of cartridges, or when Nintendo, uh, with the NES, they they used um, basically the copyright type stuff, so you could have neat Nintendo controlled games. So we didn't have another fucking Atari crash. Right. Um, you know, those are like innovations like that. We don't see as much. Um, I think I think in recent history, the two biggest innovations for me was the Kinect. And Xbox Live. Yeah. Those are the two biggest innovations in my, um, I would have to say, I mean, Xbox Live still was kind of far away. But in, in recent times, Xbox Live changed everything, if you really think about it. Yeah. Um, and the Kinect's probably the most recent stuff. But I can't sit here and go, oh, Nintendo's innovating with this touchpad thing because it's not. not. <laughs> it's just whatever. My phone does it too. 
Yeah. You know, it just because you added a TV to it. Now, one thing that's innovative that the touchpad thing does is is sending the game to the display on the controller. That's pretty cool. Oh, right, yeah. You know, for kids, like, oh, my mom wants to watch her fucking shows, so now I can... I mean, that's awesome. But but then you, you, <laughs> you're to the point, okay, so if the game gets beamed to the... Or get sent to the screen on my controller. That means that the controller is just a screen for the game, and it has no, no use within the game, right? Right. right. So, so if I if Rayman uses the screen all the time, how can I send it to the controller screen if I have to use it to control things? Yeah. Was it a split screen on that tiny ass shit? <laughs> you know, so that wouldn't work out either. So it's like there's so many ways of it fucking up. That I'm just surprised Nintendo didn't think of it. Like, why can't Nintendo just go, okay, you know what? Fuck the bullshit. Here is a fucking full HD, balls-to-the-wall system. We're going to start making games that just kill it. It just destroy everything. You're going to get all your Modern Warfares on Nintendo just like you want. Everything. They can't do that. Like, they want something to be different all the time. And it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. Right. I would love to have a Nintendo where I could get all my normal games on like the PS3 and the Xbox 360. When you really think about it, what's exclusive to the Xbox and 360 and the, the Xbox and the PlayStation anymore? Halo, the two biggest that scream to me, two biggest titles would be the Halo series for Xbox and God of War series for the PlayStation. Are there any other ones that are that big of a deal? Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Like Final Fantasy used to be but they're on everything now, and also not as good as it used to be. Right. Um, there's, I guess, Gears of War, but Gears of War is, is popular, but it's not as popular as like Halo. It's it's more of a for people who like third person shooters, I guess. Um, it's just it's stupid now. It, it's just dumb. Like I I just I want Nintendo I want Nintendo to succeed because they're the reason we even have gaming like this. Yeah. But. They just keep fucking just doing stupid shit. Yeah, it's it, it, I know, and, and it's sad too because we just remember how awesome they used to be, and now just seeing them kind of go down this path, going down the Adobe the Rim path, you know, it's it's, it's just a little it's a little disheartening. No, I mean Nintendo will always hold a place in my heart. When when I go into like a a used used bookstore or something, and I see, um. An old NES, I treat it like it's a fucking Fabergé egg. <laughs> like if I get to touch it, I pick it up very carefully. Like it's 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 important, right, to me. Uh, it's it's a historical thing. And also, if I had the money, I'd pick that shit up quick because the NES is an incredible system. The, I, I would love to have a Super Nintendo and an NES. Just boom. Um, so Nintendo's important, but their relevance is is. Is slipping. <laughs> Very much so. All right. Well, any uh, any last words on that before we uh, decide to move on? No. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. And it, it's just, it does suck because, you know, I, you, you think by this time after some of the failures, <laughs> the PSP Go, you know, uh, and, and uh, the the 3ds and all of that that they would have understand what they need to do, but it seems like it it 
from a company that only 20 years ago was innovating is now falling into the path of everything. Well, normally this used to work. I don't understand why it's not working anymore. And uh, for me, that's a bit that's a bit disheartening. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, going on from that, it's time to get into some. Funny enough, douchebaggery. (laughs) (laughs) So, who's your first runner-up in douchebags this week? Who who is my first runner-up? So, I picked the (laughs) basically THQ because they can't do anything without making it look like they're fucking up. (laughs) Um, I'll just read this article real quick. The plot thickens over at THQ um, with what was supposed to be a typical bankruptcy sale has turned a few heads. VentureBeat reports that several lenders claim THQ's bankruptcy, quote, was orchestrated to benefit the company's newest executive and their friends at a financial firm hired to sell THQ. (laughs) The firm in question is Clear Lake Capital, who is set to pay $60 million for the purchase of THQ if the U.S. court's approve it by January 19th, 30 days after it was announced. The lenders who gave THQ 41% of their $100 or $100 million $100 loan. Here's a hundo real quick. Here's a hundo. Just keep you over yeah. to the end of the week. Right? $100 million loan. So they gave them $41 million. Um, feel the 30-day approval period is far too short and doesn't leave enough time for others to make a bid for the company's assets. Uh, United States trustee Robert DeAngelis also, or, yeah, also objected, saying the fees and reimbursements for the sale are excessive and Clear Lake has a heavy hand in the control over the sale. DeAngelis also said that despite what THQ claimed, they could have sold their properties piecemeal instead of altogether. Uh, this whole situation is becoming quite that's quite the circus, which is fitting since that's how the company's business practices were before the fall. Uh, it will be interesting to see what happens now, but honestly, whoever has the most money will win. You never know, though. Um, so it's basically like it, all signs are pointing towards – so basically THQ goes out of business or they go bankrupt and they're selling all their shit. Usually, in the case of a company this big that has so many intellectual properties, it makes more fiscal sense to sell it piecemeal to different people. Right. Um, it makes more sense financially, and it makes more sense creatively, like creative-wise. Yeah, creatively, because you can your your shit isn't just going to be dumped into some one company and and ninety percent of it put on a shelf. Um, THQ seems to be favoring. Clearly, capital. It's obvious. Uh, 30, 30 days is really a short amount of time to make a bit of this size. I mean, nobody just goes, "Oh yeah, let me let me throw sixty million on that right quick." Yeah, you know what I mean. No company does that. You know, so they need time to really evaluate their assets and see what what can be profitable for them and stuff like that. So it's it's obvious that they're rushing this. Um, people are calling them on their bullshit, especially the people who loan THQ money, because as we all know, when you file bankruptcy you don't have to pay your fucking bills anymore yeah you know so uh they're calling bullshit a lot of other people are calling bullshit it, it's <laughs> it's just a whole it, it's like thq man like they have fucked up so much shit and, and they have a few i forget some stuff they own but they have a few intellectual properties that are pretty fucking cool but they're i'm telling you they're gonna go to the wayside man because they're just playing games yeah 
They're playing games with their games, they're, dude. They're trying to they're trying to get as much money as they can without paying anybody off. Yeah. Oh man. Well, my uh, my douchebag runner-up, surprisingly enough, is anonymous. Uh, <laughs> as we reported earlier in the podcast, the White House declined a petition to get the government to build a Death Star. Well, there's another petition that is asking the government to make distributed denial of service attacks, otherwise known as DDoS attacks, a form of protest, thus making them legal. Their form of logic is that they consider DDoS attacks similar to the Occupy movement, which is ridiculous since DDoS attacks are uh, from anyone claiming to be anonymous doesn't always function on a political level. Many times they go after someone that simply pisses them off. In the statement from the petition reads, quote, with the advance of Internet technology, uh, misspelled, uh, comes new grounds for protesting. Distributed denial of service, DDoS, is not a form of hacking in any way, which is true. It is the equivalent of repeatedly hitting the refresh button on a web page. It is, in that way, no different than any Occupy protest. Instead of a group of people pro- um, people standing outside a building to occupy the area, they are having to, their computer occupy a website to slow or deny the service of that particular website for a short time. As part of this petition, those who have been jailed for DDoS attacks should be immediately, also misspelled, released and have anything regarding a DDoS that is on their quote-unquote records cleared. This is how I see a DDoS attack. If you're trying to access your money from a bank to transfer from your uh, to transfer from your savings account to your checking because you need to have your car fixed to get to your job that pays your bills. If you deny them access, that makes the tran- um, access to make the transfer. They will either have to find another way to get to get the money or miss work for a day. DDoS attacks are not hacking. But they do have outside consequences. You may prevent customers from reaching a destination, but that would be similar to protesting to deny people access to a store, venue, or bank. That is against the law. If you wish to use the Occupy movement, they um, if you wish to use the Occupy movement, they were relegated to a plot of land outside of the affected areas. So if you wish to use that argument, make sure you know the details because this only looks at your like an attempt to get a get out of jail free card. Mm-hmm. It's like really, dude, come on. And you spell check if you're gonna put a <laughs> you're gonna use a post put a post on the for a petition that the White House is to see. Utilize spell check because you can hack into anything, but you can't fucking use spell check. I know. It's like, it's. it's... <laughs> <laughs> and that <laughs> it's pretty sad <laughs> it's like you want people to take you seriously then at least spell shit right yeah and, and you know because i agree. look like you gave a fuck yeah. and you didn't just you didn't just drunk dial the world with your fucking <laughs> comment i did it from a tablet i didn't want to even get out of bed and put it on, get on my laptop I did, I did this shit on my phone <laughs> while i was taking a bong hit i just didn't give a fuck you know like, I, come mean, on. I mean when people say like you know people say like oh yeah they hacked with a ddos like, that's not a hacking thing it isn't uh, it, no the, the, the <laughs> anonymous doesn't hack anything ddos attacks is this and they, they said it themselves perfectly it's the equivalent of hitting refresh over and over and over again. That's not a hack. You're just overloading the server. Right. You know, so... But... Any true, any true person who does shit, does, like, quote-unquote, 
hack into websites would would laugh if you tried to act like you were some fucking elite elite fucking cracker of websites just, <laughs> just by doing that it's <laughs> oh man but who could possibly take over as douchebag of the week from anonymous or thq it would have to be facebook <laughs> facebook because they're using completely irrelevant shit to try to come off as being new as facebook tried to re- tries to remain relevant it is difficult to take them seriously when they create new apps for functions that they can't get work to work right in the main app. When it is more laughable is their ability to try new things, and they try in a market that isn't the United States. Canadian users get the option to use their Facebook Messenger to make VoIP calls. So recently they allowed Canadians to make voice over Internet protocol calls in an attempt to make a move on Microsoft Skype and uh, Apple's iMessage. Mm-hmm. If you don't think that it was lame enough, they released a voicemail capability for everyone else. So all of us get to use a technology that died out a lot about like 10 years ago. You know that thing you send people when you don't want to take their phone calls? Yes, instead of emailing or messaging them, you could do the same thing except with your own voice. I think if they spent as much time working on something until it worked, then they can move on to other things. It just amazes me at what companies will do to stay relevant. You know, it's like Facebook is trying to rule the world, and obviously their stock option is shit. They're kind of struggling to stay new and stay cool, but it just – they just keep failing. Like hardcore. Why are you going to Skype? Let's let's look at let's look at the history of MySpace to see the future of Facebook. <laughs> um, when I first got MySpace a long time ago, I was fucking into it. Like I loved it. Every moment I was on Facebook it was great. So but surely that wanes, and then eventually I'm going to MySpace because that's where all my friends are. Right. And then all my friends started moving to Facebook, and I'm like, oh god. What is this shit? So then I then I moved to Facebook because that's where all my friends are because it's a social network. Right. You know, I mean, it can't be social if none of my friends are there. And then um, I end up liking Facebook and the cycle continues. Right now, I'm going to Facebook because that's where all my friends are. We're seeing a pattern now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Well, the thing, the funny thing is, is that if Google waited a little bit. Oh yeah. If Google would have wait, just waited wait. for Facebook to fuck up a little bit, they they would they would they would be the next one. Cuz Go- I love Google Plus is cool. But no one's on it. <laughs> Why am I going to be on a social network that no one's using? Exactly. It doesn't make any sense. And I'm sorry, using two social networks is retarded. <laughs> the only the only way you can do it is if you're using Twitter and Facebook cuz those are two different kinds of thing. Yeah. But Twitter using- Twitter is a stream of consciousness. Yeah, and I do use yeah, stream of I use I use Google Plus, but I just follow people on it. Yeah, like I kind of use it like other people use Twitter. I follow like uh, fucking geeky shit because a lot of that stuff is over there. But I don't know, <laughs> I because I don't I don't see Facebook going anywhere anytime soon. But they just be, they're stupid. Like they, they they step on people's toes a lot. It, they just. They're just stupid. It's a stupid Facebook. <laughs> I see you. I see you made a post on fucking Google Plus. What is this, dude? What was this? It says it was on January twelfth. 
I think this one is accurate. And it was a Doctor Who thing. And it said three oh. words everyone wants to hear. And like a very small sliver was I love you. And then the bigger part of the pie was I'm the doctor, <laughs> which I agree. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm on here and I, I follow fucking Will Wheaton and he's very active on here. I follow. Uh, yeah, Will Wheaton's really active on. Uh, well, he hates Facebook. Yeah, yeah. He, like he's written blogs about why he hates Facebook. But there's like there's like so many. Like I follow the Dalai Lama on here, you know, because I, I think that's cool. A lot of geeky things, a lot of fucking. I follow Mark Wahlberg because he's a boss. <laughs> you Bostonians have to stick together, don't you? That's right. That's right. But well, I don't know. And, and they do need to fix the formatting for widescreen monitors, though, because there's a lot of white space here. And <laughs> I usually, when I have Google Plus up, I usually just half the screen, <laughs> and then it fits. Well, speaking of bosses. I think that uh, that leads into our epic person of the week, which is Adam Riley. <laughs> yeah, man. Actually, J.J. Abrams. Um, now, if you haven't heard this story, then you're doing it wrong. Um, around Christmas, word got around via the internet and Reddit that a Star Trek fan who was dying of terminal cancer, who only had like two months to live, had one last wish before he passed, and it was to watch the new Star Trek in the Into Darkness film. Some fanboy shit, dude. Yeah. Well, word got back to J.J. Abrams and the crew at Bad Robot. Out of the kindness of his heart, he arranged a private screening of a rough cut of the film. Daniel Kraft's wife took to the internet and expressed her gratitude to Bad Robot and everybody involved in granting her husband's final wish. Sadly, shortly after seeing the film, he succumbed to his illness and passed away shortly after New Year's. While J.J. Abrams has taken the high road and not comment on the situation, he's definitely a class act. And I think he's won over some of the even the stone-hearted um, haters. Because that's that's cool. He could have just like been whatever. He could have been like, ah, whatever, bitch. I don't care if you want to see some. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, you know, he just, you know, it. And yeah, that's total fanboy shit. Like, you know, oh man, before I'd love to at least see that. And it literally, you know, was just like his dying wish. Yeah. And you know, so that's 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 to me that was just like. That just made him a boss. And then, of course, you know, the sad part is that he, you know, he died like a week after. So it was, it, it's just like, oh, man. But, yeah, he's been cool. Like, people have asked him about it. And he's been like, you know what? I'd rather not say anything about that. It's very personal. I, I'm sorry. I feel I'm sorry for the family and everything like that. But I just rather not talk about that. Which is legit. Which means yeah. he didn't do it for publicity stunt. Yeah. You know, he just he just did it because it was the right thing to do. Yeah. And honestly, like, what would you do in that situation? Like, you're the one person that can control if you can see this movie or not. And somebody's like, you know what? I'm about to pass away. You know, I'm real sick. I just want to see this movie, man. Like, I really appreciate your work. Of course, you can let him see it. Yeah. You know, it's like shit. <laughs> you know, it'd be like, yeah, unless unless it was somebody like a see see you know. How this happened was <laughs> it's like, yeah, you can see it, but we're gonna have about fucking four press junkets there <laughs> you know to watch it, and uh you only have to pay half price for your ticket. I'm sure there's people in Hollywood that would do that, oh, I'm sure, <laughs> you know, but it's just it's cool to see that there's human beings in Hollywood, yeah, and uh so yeah and 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 for those of you, you know for me, it's like, yeah, it gives me a reason to like the guy more, so. Alrighty, so uh, I think uh, that pretty much wraps us up. 
So uh, before we head out today, we want to remind all you cats oh. that uh, if you want to read about these stories that we talked about, you can check them all out on the website, thelazygeeks.com, because that's where coolness exists. <laughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> that's where swag exists. Exactly. This is the where swag. swag goes to die. <laughs> Where swag goes to die. That should be the new line. Yeah, the Lazy Geeks where swag goes to die. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. Be sure to like us on Facebook and uh, add us to your circle on Google+, even though nobody else is on it. <laughs> We're on there, too. Uh, follow us on Twitter, at the Lazy Geeks, one word. You can follow me, at Lazy underscore Nomad, or if Adam ever goes to his Twitter account, uh, at Lazy I, underscore Sam. Actually, I recently cleaned it up. I, I stopped following like almost everybody, and I was gonna start fresh, and then I forgot to go. Back to Twitter. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think about it. Oh, because I need to download the app and then get a phone. Maybe not in that order. <laughs> yeah, you may want to flip that a bit. Yeah. Well, I was gonna get that fucking phone I showed you, uh-huh. and um, the sale went off, so it's 150. I'm like, God damn. Oh fuck, that sucks. So there's that. Uh, story of your life, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you can even email us at thelazygeeks at gmail.com. Be sure to listen to our other podcast, Crash Test Movie Dummies, which is uh, um, comes out every other Monday. And uh, be, the, pod, the theme of The Lazy Geeks was provided by the talented Kevin McLeod. So be sure to follow um, all of us here. comes out every Monday and every other Monday, Crash Test Movie Dummies. Uh, and again... It's a new network, so we may even throw out some random shit during the week. So be sure, be ready for that. Uh, it's about time for us to check out, so be sure to che- um, to comment on this or any podcast, either on iTunes or the website, thelazygeeks.com. Tell us the good, the bad, and the sexy. And mm-hmm. be sure to leave a comment, because if you do, Adam just may read it on the podcast. Remember, we're thinking so you don't have to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so from the swag edition... Oh, swagtastic of this motherfucker. So, until next time, up the south. <laughs>